You're listening to The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards, your host, on a summer, late summer evening at the picnic table once again with the uh, crickets tripping in the background and Miss E's smiling face right across from me. How you Hello, doing, babe? September. <laughs> Hello, September. But you know what? Um... Darn those pumpkin spice people, because we actually technically still have about three weeks left of summer. So and the your, pumpkin spice stuff's already popping up on the shelves, isn't it? It is already coming out. The Halloween decorations are out. I'm like, no, stop. It's not cool. I mean, I love Halloween. It's my favorite ho- holiday, but let's finish summer. Uh, well, nope. Apparently, we have to uh, rush ahead. So... Uh, uh, last we left, yes, dun dun dun, 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 dun. We were getting ready to go to the uh, surgeon uh, to find out more about what was going on with the uh, the surgery when it was going to happen, everything else. Uh, so if we it went. Going to happen if it too. was going to happen. Yeah. We went, and uh, you feel better having talked to the surgeon? Yeah, totally. I'm way more. Uh, confident. I'm way less freaked out about the whole process. He, he, <laughs> it's funny because I, I had a list of questions and one of them was, so on a scale of one to 10, how difficult is the surgery for you? And he kind of looked at me and smiled and, and he, and he kind of shook his head and he said, well, well, yesterday I took a man's heart out, put it back together and put it back in. So this is, uh, this isn't as difficult as that. So, and then he explained the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like I'm going to be sore as bleep for a really long time because I've butchered hogs. And if you cut between (laughs) the ribs and you move things, it's not natural. Like, they're going to cut between, they're going to separate the muscles so I don't have to have my muscles cut up. So, that's a good thing. But they're going to cut between the three layers of of tissue that are holding my ribs together Mm -hmm. at a certain point so they can pry it open. Um, and ribs aren't and supposed ribs to aren't move. Ribs aren't supposed to go that direction, so, right, right? Yeah. Um, so they're not going to break your but ribs. But that's the good thing. It's like there shouldn't be any broken bones because I've heard of people who have had tumors removed, and because of the locations of the tumors, mm-hmm. they've had to have their sternums cracked. Right. I am so lucky. This is like low and on the outside, so I got to have a, an incision on my side. Uh, We've already talked about the tattoo that you're going to get. We already talked. Did, did, no. Well, no. We, ha- we actually, we, you and we I have, have, but not we on the podcast, haven't. Right. No. So, yeah. So, uh, 
it's going to be a, a pretty long incision on my side. So, um, a couple of years ago, uh, or actually, I'm going to let you tell the, that story. Oh, so it was a few years ago. We were on a family vacation, maybe the last family vacation that we took before we moved to the farm and all of a sudden had animal obligations. Um, and it was... It was just one of those vacations where nobody was getting along with each other. And it was just the just the minor, it was the microaggressions, right? Everybody was <laughs> microaggressing against one another. And everybody was being a micro, mm-mm. They were being an Yeah, they were being a hole Yeah. And um, <laughs> a major, a, a macro a-hole. Yeah, total. Um, and it, it got to the point where I didn't know what to do. I, was, I wasn't going to, you know, just keep blowing my top. So... I went to one of the little beach stores and I got everybody a shark tooth. Uh, and I went back and I gave everybody the shark tooth and I explained that we were all on the same team, that we have to look out for each other, uh, that, you know, whatever happens in this world, we look out for the people, our family. Our family, our team. Right. And so we are team shark tooth. Uh, and... That has probably stuck with you and I more than it stuck with the kids. Right. <laughs> so anyway, in the spirit of that. But it still that, stuck with us. It stuck with us. So in the spirit of that, I'm gonna, I need to find a really good tattoo artist who can make it look as though a shark tooth is, is embedded down and cutting into that scar. And that's going to be my tattoo. That'll be your tattoo. Because that'll be Team Shark, shark Tooth. tooth. And I will get taking it in the side for Team Shark Tooth. <laughs> I'll, I'll get a matching one. It, it won't be like biting into a scar. No, but, uh, you just get a shark be, tooth. Yeah, but I can get the same location. Yeah, somewhere better than like a lower back tattoo. You know? uh, you, no, dudes shouldn't have those. Or a bald head tattoo. Well, those are only cool if you can grow your hair out and cover it every once in a while. But <laughs> it wouldn't quite work with you. The only thing that would work with you is you could if. And I wouldn't even like it, but if you could if you could tattoo a ball cap on your head, that no, would no, that would just look weird. No, I know that's why I'm saying that would look be... like a like a like a speedo bathing cap. I think <laughs> and that would just look very strange. Okay, I'll sorry, make, I don't want to make you laugh. <laughs> sorry, oh no, oh boy, I tell you what, we're gonna take a quick time out here. Yeah, we'll please. be right back with more forty acres. And if you're all right, can I get you something? I'm all good. All right, stick around. We've got more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network coming up right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break, and at the worst possible time. Call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up 
to 50% on washer and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Thanks again for joining us here on another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards, Missy. And Jiminy uh, Cricket's like yeah. a million of cousins, apparently. It's, uh, it's, the, it's a cricket family reunion, I believe. The, I think uh, so. Yeah, Jiminy's out there somewhere. He really should be. <laughs> Getting ready for a uh, holiday weekend. It's Labor Day, and we, uh, we celebrate, of course, by not working. Uh, <laughs> no, that's kind of funny. Right. But I'm glad I'm off. I am too. I've been away the past couple of weekends. So. This is going to be the first year weekend you've been home in a really long time. I know. So that's a nice thing. Yeah. Of course, that means that we have a really long honeydew list, but. <laughs> we do. Uh, Want to go to the uh, uh, local, what is it, Fruit Hill Orchard, right? See if there's more candy tomatoes. Yes. That would be nice because I, I, I only managed to put up 10 quarts of sauce, so uh, that's like. That's 10 dinners. But that, you did put up three quarts of hot peppers. Yeah, so far I have three quarts of hot peppers starting to ferment. And what's really funny and not funny was like, okay, so the garden, everybody knows the story about right. the garden. It's gone to co-op. If you're, if you're new, our garden sucks it, this it's year. It totally so sucks. there you go. Uh, everything is overgrown. The only thing I can grow successfully are <laughs> weeds. It looks like something that Dr. Seuss would have written about because the weeds are so tall back there. However, if we cut them down, the pigs will eat the leaves off of them. Oh. Huh. That's another thing we need to do over there. Anyway, so I, dig- I digress. <laughs> um, I only have a patch of pepper plants, but what happened was they were kind of we, – we put them in this really cool, at the time, um, little 32-pod tiny seed starting system. Mm-hmm. And we drew a map on another piece of paper <laughs> yeah. that said what seeds were in what – and then something happened to that piece of paper, and the pepper plants got really large, and I had to put them in in bigger pots. So, yeah, I have no idea. I can recognize some of the peppers that I'm growing, but right. unfortunately this year I started growing ghost pepper plants. <laughs> and I have one plant, pepper plant, that looks a little different to me, and it's the most prolific. Hmm. And... That is what the predominance of peppers are right now. Now, but we have Hungarian cheese and some poblanos, which are uh, mild mm-hmm. that are that aren't ready yet. So there, we'll have like quarts of those, and everything's going to get mixed up in the long run. But this is going to be one of those sauces that when I make, I'm going to get your friend Jimmy to taste first. Yeah, Jimmy's like the Mikey. Uh, of of hot foods, you know, like Mikey and Life cereal, and I'm afraid of ghost peppers, right? But uh, but Jimmy actually has been known to drink your hot sauce just straight from the bottle, he, and it's pretty hot. And I it's mean, hot. It's savory. It's hot. It's got like it's got character and depth. It's not just burn your mouth. It's, there's taste, but once you hit the heat hits your the back of your tongue, mm-hmm. it's going to stay there for a while. And that's with last year's blend of peppers. I the hottest I had last year was a habanero. This year I have habaneros, and there are tons of those. I recognize <laughs> the shape of them. They're not ready yet, but I have ghost peppers too, and I am not sure what they look like because I've never grown them before, and right. all the plants got mixed up. So yeah, no. interesting garden this year. But you know what? I don't have. Hmm. Uh, 
jalapenos. So I'm going to have to probably really? hit up some farmers. Yeah, it was. I, I guess the plants didn't make it. Wow. I know. Oh, that's a shame. But, I know. Uh, uh, more than we were expecting, honestly. Yeah. Uh, considering this year, I'm just happy that I have something. Right. I picked three volunteer tomatoes uh, yesterday as well. So yes. over from uh, where the pigs were. Yeah. Last pig, fall. Pig poop pile. <laughs> right. The big poop pile of tomatoes. Several tomato plants <laughs> yep. growing in it. And I'll, I'll take them. I brought a couple in. <laughs> you got to get them while they're still green, though. Otherwise, they get eaten. The, that's the, that actually has been a problem from a lot of my uh, farmer friends around here that don't like to use pesticides. Like, I have one friend who's just pulled up all her plants because they she's had so many problems with um, squash bugs and uh, horn the, those 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 horn worms, horn mm-hmm. worms, the big green things, and then another kind of bug, the little tiny worms that I saw in those tomatoes. Uh-huh. Like it just totally like really? killed her garden, and I feel so bad for her because usually she has like by now she has an entire cabinet full of tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. She's got like one shelf. Oh wow! So I know. Is this the same farmer who lost like fifteen chickens to predators? To predators. So yeah, this is in not one been week. a good summer for her. No, no, I know. I'm just going to keep sending her positive information. Yeah, we still have all seven right now. Well, because we keep them on lockdown. <laughs> well, the other day I, I came home and there were probably seven or eight hawks that were just circling sort was, of above the chicken coop. And it was and, the one day I let the chickens out in right. a really long time because they're... I'm, areas yeah. just kind of poopy, and I I'm, had to I rinse it down. Pull and, up, and I'm like, "Uh oh, this is uh, this doesn't look good." But all of them were there uh, in the coop, alive and well. And what's really nice is we have um, we have two barred rocks, so they're predominantly like black with white striping through their feathers, so they're kind of hard to see. And then we have uh, two really beautiful, mostly black with a little bit of green and a tiny bit of gold Americanas. And then we have an Osterlorp, which is completely black. And then we have two that are kind of gold mix-ups. But they have all learned to hide in the bushes. Because when we first got chickens here, they were all beautiful, bright gold targets of the buff (laughs) Orpingtons, which I did a lot of research, and they were supposed to do really well here. Except for the predators do better. I started with 32 chickens and... We built up the coop, the, the flock, because it went down and went up, and now we're at seven. Like, mm-hmm. I've lost, I don't even want to even do the math on how many chickens. But our our neighbor was right. He kind of smiled at me, and he said, you're going to learn about the predators in this part of the county. Uh, and, and we have. Oh, we have. Between <laughs> the hawks, the coyotes, the possums, the fox. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been a lesson. At least we haven't had any black bears. No, but that was the, the the day we came to see the house, which was I just I just looked it up. It was like October the thirteenth, two thousand twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, the caretaker of who who would like mow the lawn and stuff was here, and he said that there had been a bear sighted right. in the vicinity, like a three hundred fifty pound bear. But I have not. Now, one time I in the winter, no, it wasn't in the winter. One time I was walking a dog. And we were kind of close to the wood line, mm-hmm. and I heard a big balunka crash, and it probably was just a deer scared by me, mm-hmm. but it made such a big noise that I 
I hauled my fat bleep back to the I ran. I dragged the dog. I'm like, if you see me running, you better run too because that is the – I only run if there's danger. Right. So get out of my way or join me because there's something wrong happening. Uh, well, I, I – yeah, let's hope that uh – well, those are black bears. Just stay away. I'll be fine with that. No, it's all right. We have like persimmons down near the creek, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of bunnies here that they can go ahead and grab and eat. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yes, they more than more than welcome to the bunnies. And thankfully, they've never come up and grabbed our trash. Like we have a friend who lives out in somewhere in Arizona, I guess, not too far from Tucson, and they've actually had problems with bears, and they come out to their trash. Yeah, I think we've had. Uh, Maybe a stray cat and get into it. Yeah, nothing big. Maybe like a raccoon. And the, but, and, the, uh, and the dang goats. Like when I let them wander yeah, around, they the get goats. in our trash. Right. So that we should probably update the ghosts. There's nothing new with the hogs. They're good. They're, There's still uh, two they're of them. They're still doing well. But uh, two of our goats continue to play Houdini with us and uh, jump over the fence or escape somehow. And they're the biggest goats. So right. I don't know how they're they, – there's nothing – that's a 48-inch tall fence, so they're not taller than that. There's nothing around the edges that they can climb on and jump over. I think at this point they're just like, bleep it, I'm going to get zapped. But what it, what's funny is it's the herd queen that she's like – I'm above staying in this place, mm-hmm. and the one who's following her is the is the herd weather. Right. Like, I'll go wherever you want me to go. <laughs> I mean, this is his. She's like, meh. and and he always sounds like, meh. I mean, seriously. There's the reason right. that he was castrated. It's, it's hilarious, and he's such a big wuss, but he is just her boy. And he, but yeah, so they keep getting out and of the electronet, and I can't get him in. But uh, <laughs> one of the <laughs> Booker, the puppy, mm-hmm. in his condom, um, <laughs> ch- scared them and chased them into the fenced-in paddock that we have that I think the previous owners had for their dog. Mm-hmm. So it's this big, tall, five-foot-tall, solid metal fence that they can't get out of. Yeah. And they ran in there. I'm like, okay, well, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> they have polished off. All of the overgrown trees, the greenage, and everything else in there. Oh, wow. So today I threw them a couple of flakes of some alfalfa and made sure they had some fresh water. But okay. I I can't have them running around the farm because they have – I don't understand why people think pigs are the unclean animal and goats are okay. Right. Because pigs have a bathroom area when they have yeah. a pen. Goats poop all over the flipping place. Everywhere. Everywhere. They'll get up on the porch when it's raining, and there's goat poop all over the porch, and then the dogs right. think it's ground candy. And yeah, the it's dogs just, are like, oh, M&M's, uh, right, raisinets, it's, it's and you're just like, most, no. Right. It's just not good. It's, it's gross. It's so gross. I really, I'm not trying to, they have, I don't understand why they're trying to escape it, because we have like almost a half of acre of pasture for them to be in, and they just think they're above it. Grass is always greener. Oh, well, in some places it is. We, <laughs> we need to move everybody, but that's not happening anytime soon. So, All right, so speaking of moving, we're going to take a time out. When we come back, though, I, I, I'm excited about this. I have a couple of stories uh, to talk about regarding perhaps an opportunity, if you've ever wanted to have a 40 acres or more farm uh or a little bit less actually i've got a couple of stories to talk about a couple of contests where you have an opportunity to 
uh, escape the big city and get back to the country or get to the country for the first time. Stick around. We'll talk about that right after this here on 40 Acres and a Fool. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards continues on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back here on 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards, Miss E, and uh, I ran across this cool story earlier this week. I don't know if this is open to Americans. I I assume it would be. But in uh, Nova Scotia, I believe uh, Wicocoma, Nova Scotia, uh, the Canadian press reports they are offering free land and a job to anyone interested in working at the Family Roadside General Store. And uh, two Cape Breton businesswomen say they've been swamped with replies. So it's the Farmer's Daughter Country Market. Uh, and the deal is, if you uh, commit to work there for five years, uh, estimated salary between 11 and $13 an hour full-time, uh, then once you've worked for five years, you get 0.8 hectares of woodland, which is about two acres of woodland for uh, you to live on, uh, to do with what you want. Um, the, uh, it sounds good, but all of a sudden you're like, okay, you get two acres of, uh, or of woodland. So what about yeah. water supply and septic and yada, yada, yada? Mm, I guess if you no. get it for free, then you can <laughs> pay for all that stuff. But it's not as good as the other place thing that you found. Well, that's true. I was going to talk about the other place. I know. I was going to talk okay. about the other place. But, so if uh, you want to live in... You, you, you're, didn't your forefathers go from Scotland to they, Nova Scotia? They, they did. Point? They lived in Nova Scotia until so you got that tie. So you should probably go ahead and apply and see. Uh, if, I don't. I like my job. I, I don't want to. I don't want to work at the farmer's daughter's dairy. And market. we don't need you know two acres of. And I don't, don't want to move to Canada either. Canada, particularly. Right. But uh, anyway, no. that's there uh, if you're oh, interested. Oh, so you know what we should do is we should get this tweeted out to all those celebrities who say that they're going to move to Canada if such and such person gets elected to be president. So here you go. Right. Go and there's a job for you, there, too. There so you go. get the bleep out of here if you think that's going to happen. So <laughs> there you go. Now, the other uh, similar contest that I've seen, and there were a lot of these going around. I actually saw a um, – what got me looking into this was there was a story a couple of weeks ago about a historic inn in a small town in Vermont. And the owner was doing the same thing, um, actually doing something different. The, the owner was getting old, wanted to sell it, and was holding an essay contest. Uh, and if they got enough entries to cover the basically the cost of uh, paying it off. Oh, it wasn't an inn. It was a newspaper. That's what it was. It, it was, was an newspaper. old newspaper. I've in, seen this, in, too. In there was a goat farm right. uh, up for grabs about a year or so ago. Like it, they, they don't have kids who are interested in taking over. And the sad and, thing is, like with the newspaper, they didn't have enough entries, I think, to, to um, even like fulfill the contest. So they were thinking about extending the... The, uh, the deadline and, and hoping to get, you know, more entries for people who are interested in moving to a small town of Vermont and running a 
local paper. And I will say, if you're interested in moving to Vermont and running a small town local paper, um, local papers still get advertising dollars yeah. in a way that big city papers don't. Because if you're in a big city and you've got all kinds of different advertising options beyond newspapers, if you're in a small town, you don't. You really don't. You no. might have the local radio stations, but people aren't necessarily listening to terrestrial radio as much as they used to. When we got that free Thursday rag every week, I, mm-hmm. I called several of the businesses who advertised in that. So and if you've got up. a journalist background, look up the uh, Vermont newspaper contest. And, uh, and in the meantime, uh, I ran across something in central Virginia uh, they're doing a contest right now at Newstead Farm, which is a uh, it's a 58-acre farm in central Virginia with a 6,000-square-foot historic brick manor house. So you could be a 50-acre and a fool, dude. Right. Uh, a $1.5 million 58-acre farm, beautiful home. Uh, oh, built in 1905. We looked at the pictures. It's like, okay, let's. I want to enter this contest because I love my house, but this house is like, oh my gosh. It is. It is. Oh my gosh. It's absolutely beautiful. It's being used. So right now, the owner has Cadden sheep, uh, and also Katahdin. Yeah. Is it Katahdin? It's Katahdin. Okay. See, I'm the fool. No, it's okay. I, I can get away with it. Or I'm. No, I'm pretty sure it's Katahdin. Katahdin. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, has sheep, and uh, then also uses the uh, house as a bed and breakfast and as a wedding venue. Well, the house is so beautiful, I would want my picture in front of it. Right. So you have to write an essay of 200 words or less, um, and it's $233 to enter the contest. If you win, you win the farm. And then you win $100,000 to pay for the taxes and everything. And then the property taxes are estimated to be about $5,000 a year. Um, and, and the woman who owns it says she's just getting old and she wants to make sure that people who live there after she does love it and want to use it and it'll you know remain a farm. So, But if uh, you win the house and you only have to worry about paying the taxes, then you're talking about... $417 a month mm-hmm. to own this property. Right. Yeah. Plus the cost of insurance. But we're yeah. still looking at like crazy low overhead. So it's in Cartersville, Virginia, which is east of Richmond. I'm sorry, no, west of, no, Richmond, west of Richmond, about uh, 40 miles or so on the James River. Um, Anyway, you can uh, find this if you go to NewsteadOnTheJames.com, and you can they've got the essay form right there. The uh, contest deadline is September 21st. They need a minimum of 7,000 entries uh, in order for this to, to in order to pay well, off to pay the, off everything. The we did the math because right. at 233 dollars times 7,000, it's the 1.6 million and change, and that makes sense for the 100,000 dollars in cash and the 1.5 million dollar farm. So, so uh, who knows? Uh, that might be a, uh, an opportunity for you. Or it just might be we win that. Ah, <laughs> and you will all not. Then the, then it'll be 50 acres and a fool, and we'll be talking to you from a completely different That's true. Location. It can be about our adventures starting a bed and breakfast, right? I That's that's kind of been on my bucket list. That or like a breakfast lunch shop, except for I don't like getting up early. So I guess it would be a lunch <laughs> shop. <laughs> It could, be, it could be a late night breakfast. I, shop, or it could right? be a late night breakfast, breakfast after like, midnight. Yeah, breakfast after midnight, but not before you know, not after seven because I don't like mornings. But 
I thought I always thought it'd be cool to have a bed and breakfast. Like have people over. You you don't. I love cooking simple meat. I, I you know I cook for crowds anyway, and have a you know. A, a dining room where people can come in, and we have the dinner and different interesting. I, I worry. Folk. I don't worry, but I wonder what would happen the first time you had a uh, an obnoxious guest. I'd smack him in the head and send him home. <laughs> it depends on how obnoxious. Like, you know, there's 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 relative ratings of obnoxious. Right. Uh, really obnoxious. Like, who really obnoxious? Well, like, if you like, give me like, a personality, like, 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 really obnoxious. Like, like, uh, like Roseanne Barr obnoxious. Oh, fuh, I could smack her down in a heartbeat. <laughs> anyway, um, yes. Maybe you can win the contest. If not, maybe you can visit us at the bed and breakfast if, uh, <laughs> if we win. If we win the contest. <laughs> so, newsteadonthejames.com. Uh, by the way, we're not getting indoors. I'm not, I'm not indoors. I'm not getting any money. I just saw no, it. I thought it was it's really cool. really cool. Like, the bad, bad. You got to look it up because the house is absolutely fantastic. It's beautiful. It's like a perfect example of architecture at the time, and it's solid brick. So yeah. you will be safe from anything, and you won't have to worry about termites. I mean, like it's like a, it's a it's a, all a kind of win win thing. Twelve fireplaces. Oh, and there's a library. That's the thing. Right. Like, that's oh. the thing that got me. Like we in this house that is over two hundred. Now we've been here, uh, so it's almost two hundred thirty five years old mm-hmm. in places. We have six fireplaces. We can't use any of them. Right. We need to spend the money and the elbow grease to get them worked on whatever. But, uh, yeah. But if this place has been working as a bed and breakfast, so they're all probably functional mm-hmm. fireplaces. Mm-hmm. And there's a library? Like, Can you imagine? If they, if they sh- The only thing that would kill this for me if they showed a picture of the kitchen and it was just like a <laughs> thing. I'll see if I can find a picture of the kitchen for you. Okay. I want to find a picture. I want to find a picture of the library as well. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Always wanted a library. Oh, I know. We kind of. I mean, we have right. We have a a hallway. (laughs) We have a landing on the second floor. That's a really large space that has five bookshelves, a little tiny side table with a lamp, and a recliner. Yes. That is that I we call the library. The library. Right. But we don't have a library. No, we don't have enough space for our books. Oh. Well, we have them spread out in different areas. Like, I have my cookbook bookcase in the kitchen area. Yeah. And we have the But I, we have to do a book purge on a fairly regular basis and donate to the library and stuff like that. You know what's really sad is I was looking at the bookcase off my office, and the, and the one that's full from top to bottom are, like, kid books that I've had... And my oldest kid is going to be 30 this November. Some of those books I've had for a really long time. And I just look at that shelf and I'm like, I there's no way I can purge this, honestly. Like, I got to keep all Got to keep them in case there's a grandkid there, one day? There's a grand, there's got to be a grandkid or a grand something or maybe a great great. The way my kids are going, I'm never going to have grandchildren, but... <laughs> And some of it's good thing, whatever. Some of them are too young. I'm not complaining overly, but uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I just I'm, I guess I'm. We'll see if we had a library that would have room for you to hold on to those. Even yes, and they wouldn't just be a queue off my office. <laughs> We're gonna step away for a moment or two. We've got more forty acres in a fool from the Blaze Radio Network coming up. So stick around. We'll be right back. 
40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss Pat and Stu. The end of this weekly rainbow is football. Uh, oh my gosh, I love that. You're right. It's back. And this time, it's pissed off. So you have, because uh, you, does college start College this football starts right. this weekend, yeah. Uh, BYU plays Arizona. And uh, Missouri plays West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia. Yeah. So two big games. Pat and Stu. Weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. It is 40 Acres and a Fool here on the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards, Miss E with you one more time. Miss E looked it up. During the last break, Katahdin. 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 Yes. You say Katahdin, I say Katahdin. Let's call the whole thing sheep. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. (laughs) Let's call the whole thing food. Katahdin, Katahdin. Um, So I ran across a story today that was pretty interesting. Uh, There's a website called longreads.com, which kind of curates longer form journalism. Uh, you know, stuff that's 5,000 words, 4,000 words, stuff that's, that's not memes and not five ridiculous things that so-and-so said. I like long-term investigative reporting sort of thing. Yeah, kind of. I mean, sometimes. It takes some effort? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and sometimes just, you know, stories that take some time to tell. Okay. Um, and so there was this piece from, uh, reallifemag.com by, uh, Jesse Barron, the Babysitter's Club. Uh, the subheading of this, uh, apps like Seamless and Yelp listen in on our adult lives and then speak to us like children. So this guy lives in New York City, uh, and he says he's been obsessed with trying to figure out why he hates the Seamless ads in the New York City subway. Seamless is an app that okay. advertises in New York City. Okay. Uh, he doesn't say what Seamless is, but you're able to figure it out through the story. So the, the, one of the ads is, uh, welcome to New York. The role of your mom will be played by us. Uh, a no. second ad suggests that when uh, I think I'm angry, I might just be hungry. A third ad derides suburbanites who are dead because they live in Westchester. Ah, what? Uh, Baron says the personality is half mom, half teenager. Cool babysitter. Seamless will let me stay up late, eat, eat Frosted Flakes for dinner, and watch an R-rated movie. Um, and so it's basically Seamless is, is an app like how to get the most out of New York City, right? Um, Combined with... George Orwell's Big Brothers kind of thing? That's kind of weird. He says, uh, all over the city, Seamless belittles me. Let someone who can spell Baba Ganoush make it, says a billboard in Tribeca. Uh, Barron writes, there was a time when you moved to New York to become worldly, but Seamless doesn't think Tribeca residents can spell what they eat, nor that they can be bothered learning how. The vision of the Seamless Cosmopolitan is a guy typing random consonants into his iPhone until an immigrant comes to his door with an appetizer platter. Um, and he says, if Seamless doesn't believe I can spell what I eat, Yelp doesn't think I know where I where I want to get it or, or when I want it. Logging on at 4 p.m. to find a liquor store, I find the app suggesting an afternoon snack. Have I eaten? Maybe Yelp is my mother. Um, and he talks about how in Yelp, when you refresh, you see a little hamster. Um, uh, anyway, it's... it's I it, thought Yelp was like the it's like a restaurant pages. Reviews. It's kind of like, yeah, it's like restaurant reviews and stuff oh, like that. Oh, okay. Um, 
So he uh, he says we're in the middle of a decade of post dignity design. So does you know design for our for our lives and for these apps and stuff that are post dignity whose dogma is cuteness. He says one explanation would be geopolitical when the perception of instability is elevated. We seek the safety of nap time aesthetics. Uh, reading about the mania for adult coloring books, they prove so absurd that the New York Times has published four articles about it. You find that some colorers can't get to sleep without filling in a mandala on paper. Yeah. While others need, quote, a special time when we're not allowed to talk about school or kids. I, I bought a couple of those, and I have to say, like, yeah, no, I don't have time for that crap. <sighs> I used to like to color, but these things are like, no, it's like work. And it's not fun because I have things to do. Well, but so his point is that um, it doesn't matter that you have things to do. Um, some people don't. Uh, other people do have things to do. But this is this is how they are now relaxing. Whereas, well, it's supposed to be like a mindful meditation. That's right. why I got it because I was like, oh, it's. But no, I was like obsessed because you know I me. Mean, I was like, well, what what color do I use next? And do I stick with a color scheme or do I have a pattern or I do go do I go random and. My symmetrical brain doesn't do random like what color. Uh, it, it, uh, it was more stressful than not. I don't. I don't like coloring this coloring thing. So he says, uh, what unites these uh, apps like Yelp and Seamless? He uh, talks about uh, an app called Venmo as well, which is um, sort of a micro exchange of, of uh, currency. Uh, he says, what unites them is in part their desire to monopolize particular spheres of adult life or spaces in uh, Valley Speak Silicon Valley. They also offer services that diminish the user's autonomy uh, in a way that from a certain low angle and a certain light reads as patronizing when we're supposed to be the patrons. <laughs> we cannot find food on our own or choose a restaurant or settle a tiny debt. Uh, where that dependency feels unseemly in the context of independent adult life, he says, it feels appropriate if the user's position remains childlike. And the childlikeness makes sense when you consider that Yelp depends on us to write reviews and therefore must, like a fun mom, uh, make chores feel fun, too. Oh, yeah, that, I get that. That's like totally the uh, the overbearing mom thing to do. Right. That's not cool. I don't. I wouldn't like that at all. I'm glad I don't use those sorts of apps. But then again, it's not like Yelp's going to find me a place to eat at around here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd be like, mean... what? Where are you? Do you really want to be there? Like, at this point, like, reading about this stuff, like, you should move somewhere else. I'm like, um, no. So he says, uh, he says, there's no better example of cuteness applied in the service of power concealment. Because this is the other thing. So you have this outer layer of cuteness, right? And it's all, it's all about, you know, fun and fuzzy and whatever. But at the end of the day, the people, didn't, the, the designers and the creators of Yelp uh, and of all of these other apps, they didn't, they didn't say, you know what, we want to make something cute. They said, you know what, we want to make something that makes money. Right. Yeah, yeah. So all of these apps, like the benefit that we derive is, okay, we get to know about restaurant reviews. The benefit that they derive, that the company derives, is from us using their app so that they can get information about us. Oh. Right? Um, and that's how they make money, by how getting do, our information. How do they get information from us, though? Do we, do we sign the EULA that says that yeah. we send things back? Yeah, and, and, when, you, and when you rate restaurants and when you, you know, and you, mm. right... So he writes, there's no better example of cuteness applied in the service of power concealment than Pokemon Go, ah, which is a yeah. large data collection and surveillance network devised by the former Google Earth engineers at Niantic and then candy-coated with Nintendo IP. He says the privacy policy, unlocking the door to your profile information, geodata, camera, and in some cases emails, is so disturbing that it set off alarms even in the tech world. 
Uh, Barron says, as I was writing this, a friend told me that the management of her billion-dollar startup instructed all employees not to download Pokemon using their company email address. Uh, he says, we don't understand how the technology will be applied when the time comes to monetize it. He says, I'll bet that Pokemon and similar games will ultimately allow corporations to collect real-time photographic data on almost anything that they want anywhere in the world. Yeah, they'll sell that database like in a heartbeat. An investment bank wants to put money into McDonald's, but the rumors that third-quarter earnings will be weak. 10,000 Pikachus appear in 10,000 restaurants, luring customers in to serve as unwitting spies on the success of the entire chain in real time. The privacy agreement, he says, allows Niantic Labs to snap a photo of what the user thinks is a Pikachu, but what Niantic knows is $500,000 worth of market research. Now imagine the client is a police chief or the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, it was a fa- there's, there's a lot more because, as I said, I found it at a website called Long Reads. But, but the thing about Pokemon Go is that there were complaints about some of the locations that they had Pokemon at. And it was because they were using data that was mined from an other game where people would check in mm-hmm. while they were using that right. Game. The, the map overlay was basically done from an earlier Niantic project uh, that had it, that had the users go in and, and filling in these spaces, and then they said, "Okay, well, you know, all the stuff that the that the users of this old game mapped, we can use those as sort of the locations for our Pokemon." Right. right? So the bored kid who gr- brought his you know little Nintendo game to the Holocaust Museum in Washington D.C. This mm-hmm. is now a place where you can go get Pokemon, which is pissing off everybody at the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. Right. I'm, do not go there and get your Pokemon, by the way. Do not go either to the Arlington Cemetery. And do not go either to the um, any of the memorials in Washington, D.C. It's actually kind of um, uh, criminally disrespectful how many people have ended up at some of these locations. You're like... Well, oh, they're exposed to culture. No, they're being assholes. <laughs> Believe me. Um, but they're really being disrespectful, and it's not cool. And they have no filter because they're kids or they're... or there are these, no filter. There are these precious little snowflakes who've grown up, and they're protected by well, adulthood, and they don't have grown up at all. And you're not... I mean, look, if you're looking at the world through the augmented reality... Uh, screen of your smartphone. No, you're not appreciating the Lincoln Memorial. No, you're, you're, not, you're not. You're not appreciating the World War II you're Memorial. You're just staring at your thing trying to find that little flipping cartoon to add to your collection. Right. You're not even there. So I mean, at that point, there. you could be anywhere. You yeah. could be in front of a footlocker at a mall. Exactly. You're right. You're not. So, yeah, that, that's that's an issue. But the other issue that when we the one that we really don't think a lot about is that you know again so so we download Pokemon Go and what we get is a new game and blah 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 and what we think they get is our money. No, right. That's the scary thing now. <laughs> like I have I know a couple of people, uh, one of our kids' age that play this game, and now all of a sudden I'm thinking. Well, wait. Now they're all being tracked by the government, and they don't even know it. And not even just tracked by the government, but tracked by you know big corporations. Like your well, big corporations are also you are everything. you are being monetized like every day. We and all are monitored, right? Yes, but you're being monetized because you're being monitored. Even if it's not being monitored to the point of Miss E uh, at Corny Goat Farm, uh, you know, does this, this, and this. Even if it's just, even if you're just a an, an uh, anonymized collection of data, it's still your data. It's still what you've been doing, and people are still making money off of it. Um, and it's not any money that that you'll see. 
Uh, and as a matter of fact, you're losing, you know, to some degree I'm your paying. privacy. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm paying to lose my privacy in right. that regard because I'm paying for this game. I'm playing this game. I might be purchasing in-app purchases, and then all of a sudden I am paying for the right to lose my privacy. So how bleeping stupid is that? See, and this is where I get to, you know, go all get off my lawn and where I was a kid. You know, Atari didn't monitor our personal information. <laughs> That's because there was no internet. That's the nice thing. Like, <laughs> I, oh, okay, speaking of that kind of thing. We need to set up some sort of society where it's not like it's Amish. But it's like pre-internet. Kind of. It just stops in like 90. Pseudo-ludite. <laughs> yeah, right. Just stops in like 88, 89 okay. maybe. So speaking of stopping in 88, 89. <laughs> we all have um, pagers. The, uh, I did. Somebody thought I was a drug dealer. It was kind of funny. I'm like, me? Really? Okay. You think that. And then, and then you think I have a gun too, so it's all good. Leave me alone. Um, but, uh. Oh, Nintendo mm -hmm. is coming out with a throwback console that looks like the original little tiny Nintendo 64, the little gray thing, mm -hmm. but it's preloaded with like 30 games. Oh, wow. This is what I want for Christmas. Okay. All right. Well, we can probably do that. And then, uh, and that'll be as, you know, high tech as our video games get. We'll just go back to Nintendo. We'll oh, go no, back that's to mine. 88. The kids aren't going to play. They can play whatever they want. <laughs> I like those kind of games. Now you sound like Chewbacca Mob. I bought this for me. <laughs> My kids will probably play it at some point, but uh, I bought this for me. Oh, I, I, I didn't. She bought the do Chewbacca that. mask Good for herself. her. I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I'm not giving weirdos their 50 minutes of fame. Kind of like the, this 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 <laughs> football player guy. I'm like, we need to quit talking about him because we're get, we're he's he's outlived his 50 minutes of fame. All Just right. stop already, and he'll fade off into the distance because he's probably not going to get re-signed anyway. Well, the good news for you is we have to stop good. and fade off into the distance ourselves. I'm going to fade off anyway. Well, thank you for joining us for another 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. I think I got another week in me. I think you got another week. Well, yeah. Well, no, probably two, but you won't be here. Maybe, so. maybe two. Maybe two. Yeah. We'll try to do two more with you, and then we'll uh, we'll let you have a couple of weeks off. I was going to say... I can I can talk and then I talk and talk and talk and I'm like all of a sudden I'm like <gasps> deep breath and I probably sound like a weird wheezy machine but it's not going to be any different. It's better actually because the doctor said they're going to have to remove the whole laugh the whole lower lung lower lobe but the top one is going to stretch out and fill up some space so mm -hmm. I'm going to be okay so yay you will be yep. All right, you have a great week. Thanks again for tuning in. If you want to uh, follow along, it's at Cam Edwards on Instagram and on Twitter, at Corny Goat Farm on Instagram as well. The email address is 40acrefool at gmail.com. Uh, we love hearing from you. So, And thank you again for uh, everyone who has uh, written in over the past week or so. And, and all the private messages that I've gotten on Instagram. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for your support. It really, really is appreciated. Yep, absolutely. Be safe. Have fun. Live a little. Learn a lot. And we will see you here soon with more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.